morning. I want to welcome you to First Baptist St. Springs. Beautiful, beautiful day outside. I understand we're going to have some more beautiful days just like today, the rest of the week. So, welcome to uh, Summer Fall. <laughs> we're here this morning to worship the Lord. And before we uh, start our service, so I want to introduce to you our uh, special music. Her name is Sharon uh, Smith. Sharon is from Brooklyn, New York. She's been in Atlanta now for about six or seven years because she had to move down here because her grandchildren were down here. You've got to come to Atlanta. This is where she lives now. So I first met her on the Sunday of homecoming. She came with Sherry. Sherry sang for us on that Sunday. And uh, she sang in the choir with us that Sunday. So I asked her to come back today and she's going to sing a couple of my numbers for us. But let us stand now as we begin our worship together. Yeah. You can make this hard. 
Christ.
Chair. Thank you.
wanting to start a criminal defense fund for those that held them hostage. A new phrase was coined after the incident. You remember the phrase like the Stockholm Syndrome? Remember that? It's identifying with your captors. If you're around my age, you might remember the most famous case of this in our land, a young lady named Patty Hurst, kidnapped in 1974 by a group who called themselves the Symbionese Liberation Army. And she actually, there was video of it at the time on the evening news, she actually helped her captors rob banks back in the mid-70s. And she identified with them, it was, well, the term was brainwashed. Years ago in Mississippi, I was pastor to a man, a hero of mine named Red World. He was a prisoner of war in World War II. Not in a POW camp. What they did with Red was they marched him all over Europe. Field to field, barn to barn, they just marched this group of captives. He was beaten and malnourished and often without water. And when the war ended, he was liberated. Can you imagine that day? Can you imagine at the time of liberation, he says, you know, guys, thanks for coming, but I'm happy where I am. I, I want to stay in this mess. He did. He was glad to be rescued. But today we're going to look at some people and some tendencies to choose captivity over freedom. People do it. And we're going to talk about transformational changes that we all make whether we know them or not. Choices that we make every day that stay in the old way or bring on the new way. We have a choice every day to identify with our enemy or to be free in Christ. Every day. Before we go further, let's pray. Lord, put us on the same page today. Through your Spirit, let us all understand the truth that you're trying to express to us today. We've already been reminded that nothing is impossible, and so if we've given up on a change, remind us nothing is impossible. We've been reminded that uh, it's not too late to if we've given up because we thought it's too late, it's not. So help us in the choices that we make that will transform us to be less of ourselves and more of you. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm going to begin in Exodus chapter 14. Beginning at verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Peoroth between Migdal and the sea in front of Baal You'll camp opposite it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they're wandering aimlessly in the land, the wilderness has closed in on them. I'll harden Pharaoh's heart, and he'll pursue them so that I can gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians shall know that I'm the Lord, and they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the officials had fled the minds of Pharaoh and his officials were changed towards the people, and they said, what have we done letting Israel leave our service? So he had his chariot made ready and he took his army with him. He took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers placed over all of them. The Lord departed the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out boldly. The Egyptians pursued them, 
all Pharaoh's horses, and chariots, his chariot drivers, and his army. They overtook them, camped by the sea, by Piharoth, in front of Baal. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them in a great fear. The Israelites cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, driven us out of Egypt? Is it not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid, stand firm. See the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you'll never see again. Lord will fight for you only have to choose. Perfect example of the Stockholm Syndrome. We can call it the Bales of Bonds Syndrome. And verse 12 is so sad that they would choose captivity again. If they would have voted, I'm sure that the majority of these people would have voted to go back to a life of slavery. The old way. We were comfortable. We were taken care of. We were fed. We knew what was going to happen. They have a transformational choice. To live with the enemy or to trust God and be free. So, let's apply this. We choose that every day. To have the same mess or to go a better way. To settle for mediocrity or for what God has. Remember what Joshua would say a few years later to many of these same people in chapter 24, verse 15, to these simple people that would go back and forth and vacillate like us. Joshua had enough. He said, no, Lord. If you're unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But it's for me and my household, we're going to serve God. We're going to serve. Isn't that the choice? Every day, Joshua puts it in ways we can understand. Choose today who it's going to be. And as Christians, sometimes we let our enemy influence us. Our language, our habits, our relationships, our desires, our attitudes. And last week, and we're in our series of transformation, and we'll be here for a while, but last week we looked at a key pivotal verse, 2 Corinthians 5 17, that tells us this. If anyone is in Christ, then hopefully that's you and that's me. He's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we have to make a choice, a transformational choice, every day not to hang on to the old. You ever met somebody who's beaten themselves up for something they did 30 years ago? You know, God tells us he separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. Who is it that's holding this sin over this person? It's the devil. It's not God. God's promised to wipe it out. To give you a clean, fresh heart. So if you're beating yourself up over something that happened in the past and God has dealt with it, get over it. God has more for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us this about our friends in the Old Testament that wanted to go back into slavery. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. 
All of them eat the same spiritual food. All of them drink the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And you're going to have to read through the Old Testament to see this. The book of Numbers says a lot about this. These things happened as a warning to us. So that we would not crave evil things as they did. Or worship idols as some of them. And as the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. We must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble as some of them did and they were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as an example for us. They're written down to warn us who live at the end. So what we have to do is look at these as teaching moments that's even relevant to us today, something that happened thousands of years ago. Verse 6, these things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Verse 11, these things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us to live at the end of the age. Now think about this for a second. You have left captivity in Egypt. You're with Moses. And you are there at the river, and you look, you see a cloud of dust coming, and you can hear the rumbling of chariot wheels, and you know it's Pharaoh coming to kill you, and you have a chance to vote. How many of you are standing there thinking, I can't wait to see what God does. I bet Moses is going to take that stick and hit the ground, and the water's going to open up. Or how many of you are going to go, Moses, this was a bad idea. <laughs> I can't believe you brought me here. I mean, I was a brickmaker for a living, and now you brought me here to die to Do you understand the human tendency? We have that every day. One of the interesting things, and Alan, forgive me, I've got to tell your story. Them, I tell it Christmas. Their ministry there in Jamaica for 32 years, they had the opportunity to buy some land adjacent to their property, 800 acres. And they wanted that land, and they kind of had an agreement over the years with the person for the land, but another buyer came to buy the land. A cannabis company. Marijuana. And I don't know if you know it, but they've got a lot of money. Unlimited pockets, it seems. So there's a ministry against the cannabis company. Do you know what the ministry did? They pray. Because nothing is impossible. They pray. Guess what happened? Guess who owns the land? Miraculously and mysteriously, the cannabis company had to back out. What happened? Did I get it right in a nutshell? What happened was the ministry made transformational choices to not give up. That's what we have to do every day. Make those transformational choices not to give up. The Bible is filled with transformational choices, and we're going to look at them over the next several weeks. Some people choose wisely, and some people choose poorly. And there are stories all around us, all within us. An example to apply in my life. Jeannie and I got to work Tuesday night that our son Tyler was in severe pain, doubled over, and headed for the emergency room at 
Franklin, Tennessee. So Jeannie's texting with our daughter-in-law, and we were wondering when we went to bed Tuesday night what the next phone call would let us know. And you know how your mind can wander? Yours ever run away with you? They were running Tuesday night. And we went to bed, I told Jeannie something that I told myself. I, I looked at her and I said, don't let your mind go places it shouldn't go. Don't they do that? And all night, Tuesday night, we didn't sleep too much. She was awake and she would pray, and I was awake and I would pray. And There's a transformational choice that we made to trust God and to not freak out. Worry or pray. We choose to pray and we chose to pray and trust and fight those voices that come into our heads. You want to know what happened? Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. No surgery, no prognosis, anything bad. <laughs> A tough day. He'll go back to work tomorrow. With your transformational choices, you can have peace or you can fall to pieces. It's within you. But we have to trust. We have to trust. So, in the next several weeks, we will talk about those transformational changes that we still have to make. The biggest one is to accept Christ as your Savior. And I hope and pray we've all done that. If not, let's talk after worship. Did a funeral yesterday. Pray for our friends at Children's Hospital in Atlanta. Just right by Northside. One of their uh, best physical therapists was hit by a car on Roswell Road last week and killed between here and Buckhead. I did the funeral yesterday for a 46-year-old named Phyllis Palmer. Phyllis had made the transitional choice to accept Christ. And so Phyllis is in heaven. What if she had not? Antennas are up with the staff that filled the funeral home yesterday that are thinking about transformational choices. So pray for the staff at Children's Hospital that revival would come to them through them. We make choices every day. Bless you this week in your choices. Let's pray. Father, I pray for our friends at Children's Hospital. What a great ministry they have. It's unlikely everyone there, don't you? We pray through this mess that they make transitional choices today. We pray when the news comes to us about things that we choose to trust and to pray and not worry. We pray when we're faced with temptations that we don't revert to the old ways, but we continue to choose the new. Thank you, God, that this group today made the transformational choice to come to church, to worship, when so many have not made that choice. Thank you, Father, for the choice that we can make today to commune with you, to pray, to walk in the Spirit, and help us do that Monday and Tuesday and the rest of our days. Thank you for the new us and what you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.